In 2020, there was a product that increased a sevenfold in individual sales. Can anyone guess what that product was? I'll give you a clue. It's not something you use in the bathroom per se, so it wasn't toilet paper. Remember, I've already preached about that once a couple Christmases ago, all right? And it's also not what you wear on your face. So that should give you a couple clues. What, what does almost every single probably female have in their purse? Or when you walk in a building, what usually is out there as you walk in, that's going to be something with your... So it's going to be... Deacon, they're all sleeping like you. This is amazing. You're awake. He said hand sanitizer, so that is correct. In 2020, hand sanitizer sales went up sevenfold. That would have been nice to know in 2019, huh? We could have been all pretty rich, right? But the reason, of course, this happened is because of, of COVID, and we wanted to make sure that we were staying healthy. And, of course, this is what we do when we know it's a flu season, we know there's a virus going around, whatever it may be, we're going to go ahead and, and wash our hands. And why do we do that? It's so that, you know, we don't get any sort of, of illness. We don't get any sort uh, of sickness. This isn't just from a coronavirus, but, you know, we even go back all the way to Jesus' time here. And we have the Pharisees accusing uh, Jesus' apostles of not washing their hands before they eat. Now, for them, they didn't accuse them because they worried about their health. It was more about a purification, so that nothing that they touched, you know, if their hands were unclean, right, and it was impure, that nothing that they touched would make impurity inside of them. And so we, we hear this, this, this accusation against Jesus' apostles. They go on to say, of course, it's not just the hands, that the Jewish religion wants to make sure uh, that that is pure as well, but also cups and jugs and kettles and, and beds. But Jesus essentially tells them, you hypocrites, you hypocrites, you are judging them on this, although what's inside of you is defiling you. Here you are as Pharisees so concerned about someone washing their hands before they put something in their mouth, where you've been slandering, you've been blaspheming, you've been greedy, you've been doing all of these things, which actually is defiling you from the inside. And so he calls them out. And he says, you need to turn away from these sins. And so it's this one of the most famous lines, maybe not one of the famous lines, but a line that we're going to see eventually St. Paul make reference to as well in the New Testament where Jesus says, nothing that enters one from outside, outside can defile that person. But the things that come out from within are what defile. The things that come out from within are what defile. And of course, Jesus then goes ahead and lists 13 things that come out from within us that can defile us. Now, what's interesting is he goes through these 13 uh, sins. They're all kind of based off the commandments 4 through 10. Remember, one through three, we, we know those, right? Essentially, is the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Four through ten is going to be that other great commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And so he's telling the Pharisees, and he's telling us as well, that this is something that we need to work on. 
We need to work on loving our neighbor as ourself. And if we don't, then we're going def- to live in sin. And what does sin do, by the way? Sin separates us from God. Sin makes this discord between us and God. Essentially, you can use an analogy that sin infects our soul. And so what are we called to do? Well, if we have this infection, we're called to take care of it. Now, it's not something you can take care of by, you know, putting hand sanitizer on. But how can we take care of this sin? Well, we acknowledge, first off, that we're sinful. We're all sinful. And we ask God for forgiveness. And we ask God for his mercy. And when we do this, we go before the Lord and say, Lord, I am sorry because I've fallen in these ways. What is he going to do? Well, God is full of mercy. He is going to forgive us. And he's also going to heal us. So we're not infected by this sin anymore. Of course, where do we do this? Every single time we come to Mass, we have the penitential act, the penitential rite, where we acknowledge our sins. We all said that today in the confederer. You know, I acknowledge my, my sins. And, and so we say we're sorry for these. Of course, we also should take advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation. Lord, heal me from these iniquities. Heal me from my defilement. Heal me from my sin. And as I said, Jesus goes ahead and lists 13 things that they were struggling with 2,000 years ago. And guess what? we still struggle with today as well. It's interesting, he kind of mentions right away, from within people, from their hearts. So from within us, right, come what? Come evil thoughts is the first thing. Now, first off, I want to acknowledge that we can't always control our thoughts. We all have this happen to us sometimes. A thought pops in our mind and we go, where did that come from? Oh, my goodness. I don't think that. I don't believe that. I don't want that to happen. That in itself is not a sin. But if we dwell on it, if we start to give it credence, if we start to go down that road, that's where the sin comes in. Even this first thing that Jesus says, it's, you know, interpreted evil thoughts. A better interpretation is going to be evil plans or evil designs. What would that be? A very silly example, I know. It would be a, an example of in our mind we go, oh, I hope that person doesn't get that promotion. They don't deserve it. What can I do to make sure they don't get that promotion? I'm going to sabotage their work. Once again, it's a silly example, right? But we all fall into this sometimes where we start thinking about maybe evil designs for someone or evil plans. And when that happens, we go to the Lord and say, Lord, take that out of here. I want to love my neighbor as myself. And I desire the best for them because they too are a son or a daughter of God. This next one that Jesus mentions, right? On chastity. We could interpret another way as, as fornication. We all know what that is when we start thinking and, and dwelling on impure thoughts or images, whatever it may be, and we start going down that road. 
When we do that, are we treating our neighbor with love? And even there, we, we know that society today is all about, well, a lot of impurity, a lot of unchastity, a lot of fornication. We see this on, you'll see this on TV, you'll see this on your phone, you'll see it on billboards. And so how can we protect ourselves not to let that even come into us and definitely not think about it either? But if it pops up, Lord, let me love this person as my neighbor. These next two are, are quite obvious, right? Uh, of theft and murder when we start thinking or even doing these things. Stay away from there. We know that much. Adultery, so Jesus doubles down on this one. That's when we actually act out some of these lustful thoughts or things with another person. Not good. What happens then? We're separating ourselves from God. And we have that illness inside of us. Lord, give me purity. Help me to live a pure life, a life that glorifies you. Help me to see my fellow human beings truly as you see them, sons and daughters of God. This next one, of course, we call it greed. We could also call it avarice. What does this mean? It's a disordered desire for wealth. When we live and think about wealth all the time, when we're checking the stock market every hour, when we're looking at our retirement, when we're looking at our checking account, we're dreaming about a bigger boat, a bigger house, a better car, whatever it may be, and we get caught up in materialistic things, well, that's called greed. Once again, our thoughts can go there, but when that happens, nope, 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 Lord, I don't desire that. I simply desire you. Take this illness out of me, and he will. Of course, these next one, I think we, we know what they are, right? We have, we have malice, which is pretty much wickedness, and we start having those wicked thoughts, uh, deceit. This next one is a word we usually don't too, hear too often, licentiousness. What does that mean? It means uh, pervasion. So anything that's greatly uh, depraved, we start thinking about. Once again, can't always control our thoughts, but if they're not of the Lord, and we know they're not good, Lord Remove this from me. You can even say what Jesus had to say. Satan, get behind me. You could say, Satan, get out of me. All right, this, this next one is, is, well, we call it envy. Actually, the interpretation here would be something even, I think, even more profound. It would be called an evil eye. Think about that, right? An evil eye. What does that mean? It means we look upon someone with an evil eye of desiring not only what they have, but hoping that they don't have it. Not only do I, am I jealous of you, I don't even want you to have what you have. That's called enviness, or looking upon someone with an evil eye. Blasphemy, the interpretation here should be more slander. So not so much blasphemy against God, which of course we know is a sin, but that slander, that gossip about other people. Not that any of us ever fall into gossip, right? We all do. But with that, once again, Lord, help me to love my neighbor as myself. These last two, arrogance, we call that pride, and folly. What is folly? It doesn't mean that we can't have fun. It doesn't mean we can't be silly. But it means we're not called to act like a fool. We're not called to act in an imprudent uh, way. And so we ask the Lord, Lord, help me to amend my life. Help me to root these out of me. Because if not, and we continue to live in this sin, 
then we have this illness upon us that's going to separate us from God. You know, in the material world, in the world, we, we know when we're sick. But we know we can go to a doctor. We know that we need to do protect ourselves to be, you know, from, from illness, wash our hands, do all these things, right? But how about in a spiritual way? We have to examine ourselves and say, am I spiritually unhealthy right now? Am I spiritual sick right now? And the answer is, well, we all sin. We all fall into these things. But let's take advantage of God's mercy. Once again, mercy is not just God forgiving us. Mercy also is God giving us his grace to avoid that sin in the future or to work to get rid of that sin. And sometimes it's not going to be getting rid of a sin. It's not as simple as a snap of a finger. It takes time. It takes work. It takes commitment. But it's worth it because we don't want to be separated from God. God doesn't want to be separated from us. He sent his only begotten son into this world for us so that we can be saved. He gave his only life, his, his only begotten son's life, right? Up for us, for our sins. But we have to continue to go to him and say, Lord, I still fall. Help me. Give me your grace. Give me your love. Give me your mercy. And he will heal us. And we will be one with God.